Thank you for joining us here at C3 Edinburgh. We are all about authentic community, unlocked creativity, and the naturally supernatural life in Jesus' name. We are praying that this message will bless you and meet you right where you're at today. For more information about C3 Edinburgh, check us out online at www.c3edinburgh.com. starting a new series um, called Parable. Um, it's, it's, it's beautiful because um, we talk about, and, and, and it's mindful, it's thoughtful, it's a thoughtful series out of Easter because Easter, um, we celebrate, we celebrate Jesus is risen and, and um, this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven um, violently took on the kingdom of um, of the enemy on the earth and one. And, uh, and, so, and so we're talking about parable. Jesus' parable means sort of a story with a meaning, an underground meaning, a, a truth behind it. It's a story to illustrate something. Um, and Jesus spoke in parables all the time. In fact, the, the gospel says uh, a lot of times that every time um, people ask Jesus a question, he was, um, he'd respond in a parable, which, <laughs> like I could I'd imagine that being a little bit annoying at the time when you just really want something and he's giving you parables back. But I'm thankful that he did because they're, they're so, they're rich in truth. They're rich. They're so rich. And even 2,000 years later, we, we dig there and it blesses us and it speaks truth to us. The, the, the parables that we're going to explore over the next few weeks are specific ones. They're specific about the kingdom of heaven. Because out of Easter, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven. And I'm mindful that uh, Jesus... He, um, if you read, if you read, oh, let me even take you before that. John the Baptist, his signature phrase, his signature, his signature message. Do you remember what it is? He says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That was his signature thing. And then if you read it, you can read it, read it in your own time. When Jesus starts his ministry, you know what his key message was? Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near. It's close. And, and, and some, I used to read it this way. I used to think, repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. I'm now in the 20th century, so, so uh, when I think of repent, repent this, repent that, I think of the guys standing in like Times Square in New York City or, or, or in cities with the billboards over here and it says the, the, the end is nigh. Not nigh our mate who's not back from holidays yet, but like the, the end is soon. And it's like this warning of this, you know, doom and gloom. But actually it's, Repent for the kingdom of God is, is close. It's not. It's the, the point of the sayings of John and Jesus at the beginning isn't, you better be careful because judgment is coming. Rather, it's, you better, you better celebrate because heaven is closer than you think. Heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is close. You think it's far away, but it's close. We live in democracies, mostly, arguably. We live in democracies. No, don't, no. Um, so the concept of kingdom sometimes washes over us. But when we talk about kingdom, um, my mind goes to fairy tales and stuff like that. But can I break down kingdom into its parts? King being king. Dom meaning domain. So kingdom is the king's domain. So when it's talking about the kingdom of heaven is close, it's, it's, it's the king's domain is closer than you think. 
In other words, it's the, the, the Jesus was saying at the beginning of his ministry, it's time for a change here in humanity. It's time for another way of living, and it's closer than you think. It's, in fact, it's here. For the citizens of this world, there's a new set of norms. There's a new set of laws. There's a new set of standards. There's a new way of living, and it's closer than you think. The, the corrupt laws of a broken world, where the Bible tells us the ruler is the devil, the prince of this world, Jesus says there's a new domain and there's a new citizenship and I've come to bring it. That's the beginning of the kingdom of heaven, a king's domain. Not another geographical country. When he's saying, when he's saying there's a, the kingdom of heaven is near, he's not saying pack your bags and move to the country. It's not a geographical thing. It's a different passport, though, for sure. It's a different citizenship one into God's family. It's a new language, the language of faith. It's a new nationality, the nationality of the body of Jesus. It's a new culture. And by the way, for the philosophers here, of which we're all philosophers to one sense or another, you've been wondering perhaps why the world is the way it is. We just prayed at the beginning of the service for peace on this planet. And that leads to the question, why is this world so unpeaceful? And there's several answers of which I am. This isn't even the point of the message, so I'm not going to dig here, though, gosh, I'd love to sometimes, and I will one day. You've been wondering why the world is the way it is, why the planet's like it. And part of the reason is that the world, that is humanity and all of creation that's stuck with humanity's decisions, lives under a despot influence of a morally bankrupt being called the devil. So the world is broken because of another, another kingdom, another, shouldn't be called a kingdom, should it, because he's not a king? Anyway, think about that. The Israelites tried to theolo, the, theolo, they tried to consider the reason why the world is so tricky and bad and bad things happen to people. And one of the thoughts that they had back in Jesus' time was that, well, bad things happen to people um, who sin a bunch, and so if you sin a lot, bad things are going to happen to you. But Jesus had a thought about that. I want to share it with you even before I move on to a parable because I haven't even started the parable part yet. But Luke 13, 1 to 5, uh, picks this up and it's worth talking about because we're talking about a kingdom here before we talk about the parable that talks about the kingdom. It says this, about this time... It's coming up on the screen behind me. Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices to the temple. You don't hear about that in any other place in the Word of God, but isn't that interesting that he's living in a time where people are getting shot and executed around the world? It's the front page news. It's, it's, it's current. It's current. It's current affair. It's currently happening. And so... so um, he was informed about it, like everybody was. And so he said this, he says, do you think that those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Because theologically there were thoughts that, yeah, probably that must be the reason. He said, is that why they suffered? The sin equals suffer? Not at all. And you too will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. 
Then he says this, he says, and what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? By the way, that was the other thing on the, to- on the news that day, was that there was this big tower and it fell and a lot of people got crushed underneath it and it's horrific. And he's drawing this out too and he says, were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you that unless you repent, you will perish too. I love this because as a pastor, I'll get asked often, um, and you will as a believer by your friends who say, but what about this and what about this? They'll say, uh, what about the pain and suffering that happens in the world? I love how Jesus responds to this. He takes the question uh, and clears out the, the clutter. It's not because, it doesn't work, God doesn't operate like that. The worst, the sinner, the, the, the horrific things about to happen to you. He sets the record straight, but then he makes a spiritual statement about the real issue. And the real issue is we all better have our hearts right with God. His point is that bad things aren't correlated to the size of the sin of the person. Bad things happen under a broken world regime all around us, full stop. Let's make sure we get our lives right with God. You might be going this morning through a pretty rough patch. You might be going through one of the roughest patches of your life. Maybe you are. And maybe something's happening to you. Maybe something isn't going really well. Maybe, maybe... Um, there's stuff going inside because of circumstances, maybe there's stuff going inside your world because of your own, um, something going on in your own world on the in- internally, and maybe you're wondering if it's because you uh, have sinned somewhere, and this is some kind of God response to that. Can I let you know and echo what Jesus said? Not necessarily. We live in a broken world, but just make sure you get your heart right with God. I want to clear that up. He doesn't make bad things happen to you and curse you for bad behavior. There are consequences for actions. That's another thing. There is a devil who hates you. That's a a really important thing to know. And we do live in a broken world. That's another thing to know. What you do need to know, most of all, is this, that the kingdom of heaven is close. Whatever it is that you're going through, the kingdom of heaven is close. In this series, we're going to explore wh- what it is that the kingdom of heaven is like. Because Jesus did, it, did talked a lot about it. Sometimes you and I might be guilty of relegating it to the, to, the, to the realm of a nice platitude. Oh, the kingdom of heaven is nice. The kingdom of heaven feels really nice. It's a platitude. The kingdom of heaven is more than that. It's more than a nice thought. It's more than a state of nirvana or a kind of Eastern, you know, philosophy kind of vibe. Is is it an unattainable idealism that Christians spout? Or is it something that Jesus has implemented on the planet? What if I told you that the kingdom of heaven is something that you can experience this morning, like truly experience? Maybe now, after whatever God just did, you say, all right, (laughs) What if I told you that, that you didn't wait till the day you went to heaven on the last day of your, your the last breath before you went to the kingdom of heaven? What if it started with an experience with Jesus today? What if the kingdom of heaven uh, is the paradigm shift that you have been looking for all your life? Kingdom of heaven is a person, and the kingdom of heaven is an unstoppable, unquenchable force in your life. This series will examine 
the, the, some of the descriptions and the stories that Jesus himself used to talk about what this thing is. More than a platitude, more than a nice thought, more than a whatever. What it is and how you engage with the kingdom of heaven, how you are engaging today with it. And so I want to go right now to the first parable of the next few weeks. You ready? It's not a long one. It's a short one, short parable, and it goes like this. It's um, going to come up on the screen. It's chapter, verse 18 and 19 of a really cool scripture that I didn't record. It's Luke, because I'm reading Luke. It says this, Then Jesus said, What is a kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? I'll just read it. What is a kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It's like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in the garden. It grows and it becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. End of parable. Or a little one. One of the smallest I've seen. But we'll find it so powerful. Incredibly powerful. By the way, I knew about mustard seed stuff in the Bible. Because there's another part in the New Testament where he says, if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, Remember that one? There's a second mustard seed reference. I was going to bring us all a mustard seed today. I thought it would be a wonderful preaching illustration if we all held a mustard seed, but I didn't know how to get one. I found pine nuts. And in one of the versions in the message translation, it talks about pine nuts and pine trees, but they were pretty big, and I wanted to illustrate something that's really small. Sorry to show you behind the curtain of a, of a preacher as he thinks. So I don't have anything for you today. Um, but it's as tiny as a mustard seed that a man planted in his garden. It grows and it becomes a tree and the birds makes its nest in its branches. It's a really small parable, but watch this. Watch this. There's something that you need to know about this story and about the kingdom of God. Because a mustard seed, you see, is, is, is by nature really small, a really small seed, inconsequential, one might say. But the point of the story starts to be that when it's planted, that tiny little seed becomes a towering tree for the sustenance and the dwelling place and the home of many animals. And it's something that you need to know that Jesus is trying to tell you through his parable about you and your life in the kingdom of heaven that, that about this, it, about something about operating, the whole kingdom of heaven operates often in a small, seeming, insignificant way that will have massive impacts in the life of yourself and the people around you. I want to show you. See, because some people here You've been wanting a big God moment to happen in your life. And you come to church all the time and you go to Canada and you pray and the prayer of your life is, God, breakthrough in my life. I want something massive to happen. You know what God gives you? He gives you a seed. Or you've been praying for breakthrough. You've been, God, I need a breakthrough from this issue. I need a breakthrough from this sin. I need a breakthrough from this adage. I need a breakthrough from my circumstances. And, and God responds. But you know what he gives you? He gives you a seed. You're praying for the tree. He's giving you a seed. You're anxious and you cry out for a peace of mind. God, I need your peace. I need it right now. I need so much peace. And he gives you a seed. I didn't ask for this. I asked for, I asked for 
the everything. Give me a seed. You want clarity towards your destiny. You want clarity in what God is saying. You want clarity on what decision you should make. And you cry out, you say, God, I need it. And he gives you a seed. You need your relationships to be healed. You need your study life to improve. You need your finances to be saved. And you say, God, come and move. And he gives you a seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a seed. Remember Billy Graham? the incredible evangelist of the 20th century, and, and the millions that heard the gospel, and, and the, the, the hundreds of thousands who responded to the gospel, he'd stand on stages and they'd get packed. The greatest MC, Australia reference, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, the MCG, really big. Lots of people fit in that place, and Australians like watching sports, and they pack the place, but the record attendance at the MCG isn't for the cricket, it isn't for the football, it isn't for the anything, it's for a Billy Graham crusade in the 1950s. He could fill the place, but can I tell you that everything starts with a seed? Billy Graham didn't come out of nowhere. He tells his story in his autobiography. He, doesn't, he didn't, he didn't uh, have a Old Testament angel, angelic moment where the, where the angel of the Lord said, you will go and do this. Can I tell you his story? He started uh, as a teenager uh, where uh, another evangelist on a, a crusade came past his town. He went into this big tent. Uh, he listened to the preacher. He, f- he felt in his heart, oh man, that's yeah, God. He did the hand raise thing. They, he, he became a Christian. It's a small seed. Just a kid, just a teenager in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a tent. And that's not even the end of the story. He just went on with his life because everything's a seed. It goes into the ground. It's got to do some stuff. A little while later, he shares that he was just doing his life. He didn't know what to do. It's, this is after the fact. He's walking along a golf course. There's something spiritual about golf courses and started in Scotland. Um, and at a golf course, he said, I'm, he felt God rest his spirit and say, you've got to be all in for me. I want you to follow me. I want you to be all in. And he said, okay. So he got on his knees. He writes it in. He wrote on his knees. He said, God, I give you all. I give you it all. I give you it all. And that's the seed starting to sprout. It wasn't long after that he started to say stuff and people started to gather. And there was something about what he was saying because everybody kept responding and saying, I need Jesus. And, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then he's speaking to presidents. And then he's speaking to... It all starts with a seed. He might have prayed, I want to fill stadiums, but it all started with a seed. Here's the thing. I need you to look at me for this. Here's the thing. The kingdom of heaven operates like this in every area of your life. Building you for your future and healing you from the brokenness that you've... In your life, the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. Because you too might have a dream to become a pastor or a preacher or a church planner... That's good news because we're going to be planning lots of churches from here and so God bring you, come on. That might be your dream, but the seed starts with something like you speaking to your friends about Jesus, you having a moment on a golf course like Billy Graham is saying, I'm all in, you helping them follow him. It might start with a seed like that. You might have a dream to be a missionary abroad. We have some people who, who have a heart for that even in this house, can I tell you that your seed starts with being a missionary in your house, a missionary in your university, a missionary in your workplace? 
You might have a dream to be a millionaire. Come on. A millionaire financer of the kingdom. That's amazing. Your seed begins now with, with your tithes, your commitment to give into the house of God, your, what you do, what, what, what he says. It starts with your tithe and your giving now, not then, but now. Whatever your dream, he'll deliver you a seed. And please, my message to you today is do not consider it insignificant because inside every seed is the DNA of the tree. If you throw the seed away, you throw the tree away. It operates this way in response to the requests of your brokenness as well. And this is going to be a... a, a, a powerful word to people and all of us in here who go through stuff. <laughs> if I ask you, put your hand up if you're going through stuff, everyone would put up their hand. So I'm going to speak now into your stuff. Those areas of your life that specifically that aren't working in a way that, that, you, that, that God would have it operate. And you cry out to Him for help, as we've talked before. That, that, that habit, that that brokenness, that relationship issue, that unshakable life issue. I've got a list, actually. I thought, if when I say this, when I preach this today, and I say that life issue, I thought, there might be somebody here who says, you spe- be specific, Nathan. So I've got a few. Anger issues, addiction, secret addictions, a gossip life, a lie that you can't escape from, self-harm, sexual sin, porn stuff, drinking too much. Sometimes we need to go there and stir something up. The brokenness is, everybody has a brokenness. And sometimes you cry out for God for His help and you don't know what's happening and you're still struggling with it, you're still going with it, you're doing all that you can do, but you're still, it's still with you and you don't know what to do. And the cry for your, in your heart isn't for a superficial or temporary behavior modification, is it? Is it? Who has time for that? God, I need temporary behavior modification, but the brokenness in the core of my life. Nobody prays that prayer. No one, if, if, you've got a, if you've got a broken bone, you want more than paracetamol. No, you, the only thing I know that will satisfy you in the brokenness of your life, because you're just like me, is the transformation of the motives of the heart, a recapturing of innocence. Listen, if that's the case, when that's the case for you, I want to tell you this, that the only way you're truly going to see breakthrough is where you leave the place of the world and walk into the place of the kingdom of heaven. Let me be specific about the seed and what that looks like. The seed for any area of brokenness is the Word of God. Can I say that again? Because sometimes you're not reading your Bible, sometimes you're really busy, sometimes you've got a lot going on, sometimes you've read it before and you know that, sometimes, oh, I read it when I think of it when I'm going through an issue. It's often too late when you're going through an issue. The seed 
is the Word of God. The seed you need is the Word of God. Can I say it one more time? The seed you need is the Word of God. If right now you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh man, I'm not here to condemn, That's, we don't do that, but you need to write in your, in your, whatever you're writing, taking notes on now, or write it on your hand, or write it on your face, you've got to write it somewhere, this, I need to get, pick up my Word of God. This, the Word of God is the seed. It's watered in the ground through meditation on it. It's not sort of clearing your mind like an Eastern philosophy med- meditation of clearing your mind in a yoga studio. It's, it's, it's filling your mind with that seed, with that Word of God, chewing it over. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. You get the Word of God, you're watered by meditation. It's watered by prayer. It's watered by even repetition. Sometimes in, the, in an effort to not be too religious, we go, don't do the repeating thing, it means nothing. But sometimes it helps you. You know roots grow when it starts becoming a personal revelation. Now, that's different. Uh, information is stuff that you can, re- you can someone gives you an exam, exam at, at uni this week and you can, you, can, you can remember what you studied and crammed for. Revelation starts to do something different. It cleaves to who you are. A revelation is like, like an like a, a added portion of DNA to every cell in your body that you know to be true. A revelation is the, oh, I've read that scripture 80 times. Man. But there's something about chewing and repeating and thinking and dwelling and meditating on that, and then it just something awakens in you and it becomes yours. And I'll tell you, the sprouting of that, that's the breakthrough. The sprouting of that, that's the breakthrough. Your chronic illness, that chronic pain, that chronic uh, health issue that you actually desire to be healed from when you've been praying and you've been disappointed, can I give you a seed? The seed is Isaiah 53.5. Take this seed and plant it. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so he, we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. That's talking about Jesus. When I'm going through health journeys, what I need to do is I need to grab that. He was, by his stripes we were healed, another version says. And I need that to be my seed. I know that healing is coming because you paid for it. Or maybe it's not. Maybe your health is well and that's not thing. Maybe you've got this guilt complex. Maybe you, you can't get rid of this shame. You're feeling guilty all the time. Every time the devil reminds you. The devil doesn't even need to. You remind yourself well. That time where you did that thing and it was so embarrassing because you're such a this and such a that. Who are you to be speaking or saying anything about Jesus because do you know who you are? Do you know what you did last night? You need to know this. This is your seed. Romans 8, 1. There is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation. This is me meditating on it. I feel condemned, but there is no condemnation. So, is the Word of God right or am I right? I'm not right. The Word of God is right. There is no condemnation. I'm, no, I'm not condemned. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's that unbreakable life issue that I was just speaking about. And you're like, man, that's me. I can't get out of this habit that I'm in. I can't get out of that. Let me give you a seed. Romans 8.37 says, Now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So you think you can't win, but the Bible says otherwise. You can win 
You keep going. Every, every time you get down, the only reason, I mean, the devil wants you down. Just get back up again because there's no condemnation. Just get back up again because you're more than a conqueror. You get out of that thing. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is close. Can I have someone help? The kingdom of heaven is close. I want to finish with two final thoughts. See, isn't that interesting that this one parable sort of explodes so big? So I didn't think it would just... But I have two final thoughts about this one idea about the, the sea... Um, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. You plant it and then it grows and then the birds. Here's my two final thoughts. What I've tried to do is be as specific as I can be about, about the way the kingdom of heaven operates in the way you live your life and the way you deal with your broken. The kingdom of heaven is like a seed. But here are my two final thoughts. Thought number one, you need to understand this. It's that the seed of your greatest breakthrough that you're just about to walk into, you've probably already planted. You probably did that a year ago. So when that breaks open in your life and you're praising God and blessing God, you should. It's probably because of a prayer you prayed. It's probably because of a seed you planted and watered. It's probably because of a scripture that you read a while ago that's only now breaking through the surface. The seed of the clarity that you need for your, your next year in six months' time, in two years' time, the seed of clarity that you need, the seed of breakthrough that you're going to need then, the seed of, of, of your next season is the one that you need to plant today. What are you planting? You've got to be planting something today. That's my first thought. My second thought is this. And I need to finish with this because otherwise it's going to sound like this is a message that's all about you. But it's not about you. That's the awkward part. It's not actually about you. This message hasn't been about you. You've missed a vital part of this short, short parable because it ends like this. And the birds make their nests in its branches. And the birds make its nests in its branches. You see, the kingdom of heaven in your life is a seed that you plant and it grows, but the result isn't just about you, is it? It's about, it's about the others that benefit from your breakthrough. The tree of that breakthrough, the tree of the kingdom of God exploding in that area of your life isn't just about you. The breakthrough isn't just about you. It's that it would be so large, so influential that others would be able to learn from your story as well. That others would be able to shelter in your victory and say, well, if it happened to them, maybe it can happen to me too. Today I'm going to plant a seed then. I'm telling you, <laughs> and I guess with all due respect and all love to everybody here, I'm particularly speaking to you who know yourself to be a lazy type, who'll, who'll, who'll think this is a good message and write the notes and then walk away and do nothing about it. I love you, but I'm speaking to you because it's not about you. It's about the people who, in a year's time, who need to hear about the breakthrough that you need to start planting for today. Does that make sense? It's about the person in Connect Group who, who, who hasn't got out of this issue yet and God wants to use you 
to be an encouragement on how to get out of a thing. But unless you get shake yourself off and get yourself out of it by planting the seed right now, you start to influence someone else's breakthrough. It's not just about you. So stop procrastinating. I love you, but stop procrastinating. Let's pray. Father God, bless your name. Bless your holy name. You have told us, Jesus, that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Starting small and insignificant and growing so large, it blesses uh, those around us and has an influence. So, Lord, come and, 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 and teach us and, and, and show us and plant seeds in our life. We don't say, no, we, don't, we, don't, we have no intention of letting seeds fall on rocky ground or thorny soil or paths. God, we, we have our lives wide open with the most fertile of soil. Let every seed land in its correct place. Let each one grow to its fullness. Speak to us, God. Bless this God. Water it in.